and welcome to the Scott and Paul Show, episode 11. I'm Paul Wilford, along with Scott Edwards. Dan's not here. We don't care. On to the first topic, which is the Royal Rumble. Um, Scott watched it, I watched it, and the internet was very, very pissed about what happened. Um, Scott, let's say you're Roman Reigns, okay? And Vince McMahon comes up to you and offers you the world, says... Hey, pal, I'm going to push you to the moon. I'm going to write your own promos. I'm even going to send out your cousin, The Rock, to help get you over, and the world will love you. And then you go out to the Royal Rumble, you win it, and you're booed unmercifully. How do you feel? Uh, I feel really bad about myself. But, I mean, Roman Reigns has to understand that if he's not what the product what the fans want, then maybe it's not necessarily trashing him as a person. Maybe there's just another character that's over more to them. And uh, I think there's several of them that are definitely way above him, uh, namely Dan- Daniel Bryan and uh, uh, Seth Rollins. So he's, I mean, the guy, he, he's all right, but that had to be so crushing to be standing out there. And even you even have The Rock out there and they're booing. How do you overcome that? Okay, now you're Vince McMahon. You've picked your golden boy. Here he is. He's everything you want. You love big guys. You like guys with either at least a full head of hair or some hair, like you know John Cena. He's big. He's strong. He's young. You can break him down for the next 10 years and still get money out of him. And the fans just shit all over everything that you just put out. You're Vince McMahon. How do you feel about the fans rejecting what you know is best for business? If I'm Vince McMahon, I'm thinking the fans don't know what the hell they're talking about. The fans don't know what they want. That I've been doing this for 50 years and that I know exactly what they need. So I'm going to, you know, send out the gobbledygooker or Hulk Hogan to put Roman Reigns over at the next pay per view. But thankfully, I'm not Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, yeah. well, at least from a creative standpoint, I mean, the guy's done a lot of great work for the business, obviously he's had a lot of brilliant moments he's had some bad ones, and the Royal Rumble was one of those um, he's, I don't know when the fans are yelling one thing and he's giving you something else and they continue on social media and at events and everywhere and are telling you what they want and you're not giving it to them it's fine to tease a little bit you know, but man, he just seems like he's out of touch with what the fans want so um mm-hmm. I can see why you would not look. Honestly, if it was say you and I were booking it, I wouldn't give Daniel Bryan a shot either. It's going to piss a lot of people off. But I mean, the guy just came back from neck surgery, and it was a botched neck surgery. At that, he still had complications with it. Would you hand him the ball right now and say, "Go ahead and have another WrestleMania, and let's hope that you don't have to go away for another year," or would you go with somebody else? No, I play. I mean, I can understand playing it safe. It's just where they drop the ball with it. It's yeah. Obviously, Daniel Bryan's got some issues. You want to make sure that he's able to compete on a regular basis and not get hurt. You want to give him a little bit of time, um, if that's why. But there wasn't any drama in that Royal Rumble when, especially when it came down to the final three. When you have the Big Show, Kane, and uh, Roman Reigns standing there, and Roman Reigns has been getting the push, you know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, 
the parts that I thought were good about the Rumble was watching Bray Wyatt, you know, on his big run, uh, the amount of time he was in there. I thought, okay, they might push this guy, and that, that created some tension for me. And then Daniel Bryan comes out there, and, you know, it was doing good for just a little bit, and then, bam, he's just out like that. You know, maybe there's other things, like, you know, behind the scenes we don't know about. Maybe there is something wrong with Daniel Bryan. He couldn't perform that long. I don't know. But it had they had Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns in for your final three, now there's a whole different um, outlook amongst the fans and everybody that watched it rather than what they ended up with. Because there's suspense and drama when you do that. There's tension. Because you're like, well, you know, I mean, you have Daniel Bryan in there, the, the former champ coming back from injury. You got the guy that's being pushed really hard. And then, you know, you have Bray Wyatt who's been in and out of the scene pretty hardcore what little time I've been watching it. And that guy's starting to grow on me, by the way. Um, yeah, that would have been fantastic. But instead you get two guys that's had multiple runs and opportunities and headline multiple shows that are, in my opinion, probably on the tail end of their careers as far as being like heavyweight champion and things like that. So I don't know. I think they should have saved uh, a more select three. I don't know if they were sitting back there thinking, hey, let's have Roman Reigns be two huge, strong guys, and that's going to be our drama. Can he defeat these two giants? But everybody knows it's a show. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. on, so we at least can't guess who's going to win. I mean, it, it wasn't even really a guess. It was, okay, this is clearly going to be Roman Reigns. There's no doubt about it. When these three are the last guys, three guys in the ring, it's going to be them. So, yeah, I just, I know they don't have faith in Daniel Bryan, but if, if the people are chanting it and they want it, just give it to them. I mean, you're going to make more money in the short run giving it to Daniel Bryan. Just let, look, give him more than five minutes. I, I know that if you go ahead and you boot him now within ten minutes before Roman Reigns gets out there, it's going to make Roman Reigns look like the bigger star because, look, we've told you Daniel Bryan can't cut it, so our choice is it. But when you are pushing Rusev as the ultimate hill you have right now, the evil communist Russian, which is a throwback from the old, old xenophobic days of wrestling, and the fans are cheering for him over your choice, you have a problem with your product. And it's not Roman Reigns. It's the booking. We don't hate Roman that much. It's it's your booking. Give us what we want. Scott? Yeah, I mean, you can talk about Rusev. I mean, that guy, he's good. I like watching Rusev. Um, you know, there were, instead of a final three, you could have had a final four that could have Rusev in there. You know, that would have people guessing. Um, again, it's all about keeping the suspense up. Who's going to come out on top? And there just wasn't really any suspense. I mean, every like Bleacher Report and uh, multiple wrestling websites before, like the week or two weeks before, were putting up articles. It's going to be Roman Reigns. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to win this. There was no doubt about it, even without getting to that final three that we ended up with. So... Create the drama somewhere. I don't care which one of the four would have won it, honestly. Um, what I've seen of Roman Reigns, you know, his moveset and physicality and stuff, I like. You know, I think he's a guy that needs to develop some other areas more um, on the mic and things like that. But 
He's coming along. That's fine. Push him. Let him win. That's fine. Just make me wonder who's going to freaking win rather than it being a foregone conclusion. I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan is over big. With the pop he got when he came out of there with the yes chance and stuff, it was a whole arena. It was everybody. There wasn't anybody not saying it. If it, The only people not saying it were probably on the crapper. In fact, they were probably sitting on the crapper going, yes, yes, yes. And then probably trying to squeeze it out so they can get back out and watch him wrestle. Yeah. So I'm just saying, push your guys that are over. You know, if you want to build stars, it's fine, but you're going to have to come up with an interesting storyline. You're going to have to come up with some interesting drama in their matches. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And the last little bit of the show that we have to talk about is the three-way match with Cena, Seth Rollins, and Lesnar. You're a Lesnar, Mark. You've, you've been a Lesnar, Mark, for a long time. Cena, I respect him for what he's done, but Seth Rollins is definitely the best worker we have right now in WWE. When the hell are they going to finally give this guy the, the belt? Um... What's happened specifically a Lesnar mark? I respect his his um, Your mark, wrestling career on. before he was in pro wrestling. I respect you know that he went into UFC and was able to put those world class wrestling skills to use and and beat some decent talent. Um, you know, and he's had a good run in WWE. But get that guy a pair of running shoes. <laughs> get him out there and get some cardio. So he doesn't have to lay outside the ring for ten minutes. You know, 15 minutes, however the hell long he was out there. It was forever. Um, he's a guy that as soon as he starts working, he's purple-faced, and that's dangerous. I don't know if it's just because he has all that muscle mass or if he's damaged his heart from freaking steroids and he's about to crap out in the middle of the ring. I don't know. That guy needs to get out and get some cardio in because he can't work for more than a couple minutes without being completely spent, just like the Undertaker match at last year's WrestleMania. Was that last year's? Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was winded two minutes into that match. Hell, no wonder The Undertaker got hurt. He was probably too winded to properly you know, perform the move. I'll have to watch it again. The guy was winded right off the bat. So I thought it was a pretty good match. Even even when Brock, when Brock was up and moving and doing something, I thought it was good. But when um, – you know, and it, there was some drama when he went outside the ring, got hit with the elbow, and they brought the stretcher out and stuff. Man, that was a breather. Let's face it. They wanted to give the guy a break. He's wore out. Um, Seth Rollins, you know, did an amazing job. Uh, and the best thing about Seth Rollins was out of the three in that match, he clearly outshined him, in my opinion, because he used more than two moves. Uh, Cena just kept hitting people with his finisher and clotheslines, and Brock kept hitting people with his finisher and suplexes. And that was the only two moves those guys seemed to do. Seth Rollins was pulling everything out of the bag. So yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a good match, not great but good, and uh, it had me on my seat a couple times. So I borderline great, you know, a little a little more variety of moveset and uh, you know things like that. But that 450 splash that Seth Rollins did—that's the first time I've seen him do that. You know, again, I'm recently coming back into wrestling. That was awesome because he's not a 150 pound or 170 pound man doing that move. He's a big guy, and that was. That was fantastic. I actually had me come up off the couch like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. So Seth Rollins, he's amazing. So out of the new, out of me coming back to wrestling, that's the guy. But I thought it was a good match. Eight out of ten, I guess. Okay, so are you concerned about what type of main event you're going to get with 
Lesnar and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania since it looks like Reigns isn't ready. He can't carry a match by himself. He could probably work a great match with somebody who can carry a match. Lesnar, if he can take instructions, if he's out there with somebody who knows how to work a match, but I don't think Lesnar can carry him either. So you're almost going to have to take Paul Heyman out there to tell everybody what to do through the match. Because it's going to be, um, I don't know. It's not a match I want to see for. I'm more interested in seeing Sting and Triple H than I am your main event. That's not good. Yeah, I uh, I have I don't have any interest in Lesnar as a champion. I mean, ever since I saw him work at the last WrestleMania and just how worn out he gets, how fast it it completely loses interest for me. I mean, the Triple Threat match it was just five. It was a, it was a night of a thousand suplexes. Yeah, suplexes are cool and all. We know you're strong. Mix it up a little bit. Jeez Louise. You know, Hulk Hogan had five moves, but he could command 100,000 people with those five moves. Lesnar, you see it once or twice, and okay, it's done, because it's just some guy out there growling and flipping people. Um, he don't. He doesn't have that ring presence uh, that some of these other guys have. And I'm not even talking about your your huge guys like Hogan and stuff, like, and Ric Flair that have that awesome ring presence. A lot of your average guys that don't get too far have a, have a better ring presence to me to watch him go out and work a match. Uh, not to say Lesnar isn't good, it's just there's some things that's lacking, and he needs a strong partner uh, in the ring in order to do it. I expect to see a lot of suplexes and a lot of clotheslines and some you know stuff like that from both guys. I mean, that's that, it's going to be a match of clotheslines and, and punching people in the corner. That's going to be your main event. And, and you're guaranteed in a WWE main event, somebody's going to be outside the ring for 15 minutes knocked out just so they can draw it out. That's pretty much what they do now. There'll be interference with the authority, and st- it'll be a train wreck of a match. Uh, but enough of that. On to the video game news. And, of course... Can we back, can we back up the Sting? Can we back up the Sting first? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm staying constant for, for now. Oh my gosh, I know his contract is only so many pay-per-views, but come on, it's the Rumble that sets your, your main event for WrestleMania. Where the hell's he at? Ah, oh, you know, talk about drama, you could have somebody from the Authority in the Rumble, and then Sting, you know, lights drop out, Sting pops up in the ring, boom, tosses somebody out, and then climbs over the rope and walks away. You know what I mean? Well, maybe. They're, they're so, you know, utilize this guy. Utilize this guy. It's, it's one of your big pay-per-views before the WrestleMania. So well, maybe maybe Sting knew it was going to snow. So I, sat for, I sat down to watch it because I thought, well, Sting might show up. But that's all I got to say about the Rebel. Yep. NXT's better. So is Wrestle Kingdom 9. On yes, to. Better. Did you watch Wrestle Kingdom 9 yet? I watched like half of it. I haven't watched all of it. It's something I'm squeezing in my schedule. But the one match, uh, the first match I watched was better than anything I've watched on NXT or WWE in the last two months, period. So maybe maybe when I watch Savage and Steamboat, we, we were in the same realm. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't better than that, but that's the only thing I saw from WWE that was comparable, and that was like 25 years old. So I think it's more than that. It's like 27. It was, was that like 85? It was 87. So WrestleMania 3? It was 87. 87. Savage won in 88, and then Hogan and Savage was in 89. So, 
Yeah, so it's getting close to 30. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, Thundercats turned 30, just, just so you know. Still hmm. old. Yeah, we're old. Sega, still trying to make it into the, uh, well, past 30 years. 300 people have been, let's see, is it early, offered early retirement. Following plans to completely restructure Sega's business plan, they're going to focus on mobile and online games. Oh, and, uh, of course, that sweet-ass Sonic merchandise. Uh, Scott? Okay. What do you do if... I gave you the reins of... Uh, <laughs> the reins of Sonic. The uh, the reins of Sega. I mean, do you... Is this where for you... For Sega? If you gave me the reins to Sega? Yeah. I would put it up for sale and see if Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo's interested. Um... Probably Sony or Nintendo. You know, I might approach them about you know partnerships or which they've had partnerships, uh, something. But get get like some better developers on board, and that might fix a lot of their problems. Sega's got a definite quality control problem. They've had multiple disasters in the last couple of years, and uh, I hate to bring up Aliens again, but here it is: Aliens, Colonial Marines. You know, they're. they're They've lost so much money on this, uh, not just in I, – I, the title may have been profitable because it sold a million plus, but then they had to turn around and pay back a million dollars in settlements and the bad publicity and how it affected sales of future Sega titles. I, you know, I, anecdotally, I talked to people on the internet, and they, many of them swore off Sega products after that, and quite a few of them have stuck with it. Uh, I almost did, and as far as buying them firsthand, they definitely are not priority for me to buy them firsthand. Um, but Sega's yeah, getting they, a bad they, rap they, for that because Sega wasn't the development team behind that. So no, that, Sega wasn't the development team. Sega was the publisher. Yeah. Uh, Gearbox took a hit too, but it just goes hand in hand. When you buy a product like that and you see that Sega logo in the bottom right-hand corner of that box and then you go play the latest Sonic game and it's shit again, and you you know they've had multiple failures in the last few years. It's had their brand name on the front of the box. Yeah, we're we're a long way off from Nintendo sales of quality. That that's those days are long gone. Now it's just long rush gone. to put it out. Yes, yes, long gone. But as a publisher, you know, and they've had so many train wrecks. They need to get off of their collective butts and start going out to their developers that they're hiring for these projects and start looking and seeing what they got going on. That's just like the whole reason Gearbox even released that in nine months' time, which is not the entire reason. There was nine months of primary development that was done on Colonial Marines. Nine months. Because it was outsourced um, to multiple development studios, and basically what it amounted to, and this is rumor, was that Gearbox used the money that was given to them by Sega, uh, a large chunk of it, to fund development of Borderlands 2 which is their baby project, you know, good good game, whatever. And uh, Sega kept, you know, asking for updates, asking for updates. Finally, Sega put the pressure on, kind of was aware of the situation, but pushed it anyways. Hey, no, you got a deadline, and Gearbox was basically just tired of messing with it, so they, really, they, they tried to fix the product that they got back from those other studios, and there you go. So it was mismanagement by both companies. That, that caused that, that fiasco. But, yeah, there's just been way too many games with Sega's name on it that's, that's had issues. And this is, what was the, was the latest Rome? Total War had, like, multiple patches to fix a bunch of issues. 
Then you got Sonic Boom blown up in their face. So yeah, second yeah. needs second needs to sell. Either that, or they need to uh, hot fire a whole lot of people that's in management positions because that's where Sega's problems at. It's in management, plain and simple. Uh, as far as a mobile only future, hey, that's fine and dandy. That I mean, there's money in it. Mobile's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so if they get you know, enough projects that can get people addicted and dropping money for stupid stuff, I can't blame them as a business. I wish that I had the technical know-how to do these things because I would be out trying to milk people for money. There's nothing wrong with that if people are willingly going to let you milk them. Well, maybe uh, you can become a patent troll. All of a consumer. be where the money is. Yeah, it's it's all of a consumer. Yeah. This week's buck hunt, is it going to be dying light because people can't even download a game? Sounds good to me. Uh... I didn't really take a look at it. It's some there's a workaround for Dying Light, and it's um, pretty weak. It's a seven-step process just to download your own game that you bought. It's uh, yeah. Go to settings, select PSN, select Restore Licenses, hit OK to Restore Licenses. Go to My Library on Console. You are now provided with the download option, single or multiplayer. And then the download should begin. Shouldn't you just press download? Yeah, you should. Um, is that a PlayStation Network issue or a Dying Light issue? Sounds to me like it's a network issue. So it sounds like the network because you have to download it from... It's on Sony servers, isn't it? Is that yeah, where you have, order game? you have to re-enable licenses and stuff. So, yeah, they, it seems like it would be an easy fix. Um, of course, there will be a bunch of people going, Oh, you should subscribe anyways because you only got to do seven steps to get to your content. Whatever. See, it's just there's more reason for me not to be all on a digital bandwagon. Um, storage space, uh, as far as hard drives, plus you know running into issues like this. Yeah, it's actually it's not that bad to fix it, but it just it, to me it just represents what could be bigger problems. We might be days or weeks or months not to be able to access your content because the network screwed up. Uh. Nintendo Creators Program, Scott. This you talked about this on one of our previous shows, and Nintendo seems to say, okay, you can actually play what is this, or you can play games online and get paid for it. And Nintendo isn't going to say, give me all of your money. Is that what this is? Yeah, basically, it's I think it's a sixty or seventy percent profit sharing. Jesus the, Christ! The gets, yeah, the content creator gets sixty or seventy percent of the of the of the take. Oh, um, Nintendo bit. needs to protect their property. Nintendo needs to monitor and make sure that there's not copyright violations. Nintendo needs to get out the fair use laws and regulations and read those and understand them because, if, especially like reviews, I understand to a point with Let's Plays because someone that sets down and plays from stage one to stage eight, you see the entire story and everything else. I get that. I can I can deal with that. Someone that sits down and shows you a stage and talks about the game and kind of gives you like a mini review while doing a let's play. I don't I don't think that I think that fits under fair use. Uh, somebody like Angry Joe who got his content shut down, he's got millions of subscribers. Um, Nintendo sent copyright violations on him, which I think it's the bots. But regardless, this guy's popular. He's telling say he's wanting to say your product is good on your console that's not selling very well that he also thinks is good. But you're not going to let him get out there and talk about it in a review, a review, a critique, a fair use standard. 
there's something wrong. Again, it's a management issue. Nintendo has a serious management issue. There's a lot of brilliant minds in there, but none of them know how to say no to each other. So, yeah, I think it's horse shit, and uh, PewDiePie, I think, has already pretty much said that no Nintendo games. He said they're at the bottom of his list, which means they're never going to get reviewed. So, yeah, I mean, you got all these huge, guy, huge guys on YouTube. They're giving you free publicity, and they're creating their own content in their reviews, and you're paying for copyright. Screw them. Yep. On to the old man game of the week, or Scott's retro game of the week, Rampage. Scott, you're on. Is well, first off, is this the arcade version, the ma'am, or are you actually doing the console version? The uh, pretty console much version? all of them. I mean, I'm talking about the arcade version, and I guess the Nintendo version. But um, no, I'm not talking about the Nintendo version. Screw Nintendo. That was the inferior version. You get it on Master System. Uh, Nintendo's a bunch of assholes right now. But, <laughs> They're back at the shit list. Yeah, don't even yeah. buy their retro games. They don't get a nickel for. Screw them. But anyways, Rampage, you got to play as like a big uh, gorilla, kind of like King Kong, and there was a big lizard that was like uh, Godzilla, and then there was a large wolf man. And the whole goal was there was like 120-some-odd days you had to go across America on a rampage, destroying buildings and cities and eating people. And it was, it was a, I mean, it was a very well-animated game that, I mean, as soon as you saw it over there on, like, demo mode, you was like, this game needs my quarters, like, right now. I'm going to go save this game with quarters. And you would go feed quarters to this, this awesome game. And you could climb up and down the buildings. You could punch them, kick. You know, there were special attacks. Um, you could grab people out of the windows and eat them to get health back. The military would come in and try to attack you. There's lots of stuff to find. And, you, you know, once you broke the buildings, then you move to the next building. But... I mean, it was very, very, very popular, and, I mean, clear up into the mid-90s, if I was in an arcade, and I was around this game from the day, of, you know, it pretty much came out in the arcades, which was in the mid to late 80s, clear up into the mid to late 90s, you had, like, Mortal Kombat, like, Killer Instinct, and you had Rampage, and there was still a line at the Rampage one. Not as big as Mortal Kombat or Killer Instinct, but there were still people playing Rampage. I've never walked into an arcade growing up in my entire life and not seeing someone standing at the Rampage machine. So, very, very good game. Um, and it was funny, because when you died, like, your little person, like, the monsters were basically mutated humans that turned into big giant monsters. They would shrink down into little naked people, and then they would try to, you know, scoot off the side of the stage, like, you know, the whole exit stage left kind of deal, and uh, covering up their, their goods. So, yeah, very, very good game. And beating up the each other and beating up uh, the buildings was a blast, and it still is. Um, but it was on regular Nintendo, the arcade, Sega Master System, ZX Spectrum, Amiga, all the Atari systems, Commodore 64. Uh, yeah, so very, very, very good game. Highly recommend, and you can get it pretty much dirt cheap. Is it a two-player game? Isn't it? Cool. Yeah, uh, home consoles, I'm pretty sure, were all two-player, and uh, the arcade was three-player. Who developed this game? Don't look at your yeah, notes, Scott. I, I should have put that in my notes, huh? <laughs> so. uh, okay, on to... Uh, well, let's just go ahead and get this over with. Scott, you can go ahead and read this. The, uh, oh, Midway. Midway. Midway Classics, yes. Yeah. So it's going to be on a compilation somewhere out there. Yeah, it's on... Uh, 
GameCube, Xbox, and PlayStation 2, and uh, 64, like, as part of some of these other games. Like, it's either bonus content or on a compilation disc. Yeah. Okay, on to the uh, movie slash TV slash comic books. It's all pretty much running together. That's really all we cover, with the exception of probably Ghostbusters. But uh, there is a little bit of a rumor on what could happen with Zod and the new Batman Superman. It's Scott's going to read it, and we will get his reaction if he's ready. Yes, I've been uh, been waiting to check this out all week. I was supposed to wait. Yeah. So. Thankfully, it's it's pretty short. I believe. Wow. Music. Okay. Hey, we're moving up in the world. We got music. <laughs> uh, wow, that's the worst picture of Zod they could have found. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> could Man of Steel villain Michael Shannon appear in the upcoming Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice? From what we're hearing, all signs point to yes. This is from comicbook.com, by the way. This isn't the first time we've considered the possibility. Of course, there was speculation the moment Zod died that his body or at least his armor, would play a role in any potential sequel, with many fans speculating that the Kryptonian battle armor could be modified to serve as Lex Luthor's green and purple battle armor from the comic books. Hey, you know what that sounds like? A good idea. Moving on. And then, back in November, there was this shot of Shannon hanging out with Henry Cavill, 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 whatever the hell your name is, near the set of Batman vs. Superman in Chicago. Well, that's... That's really nice. There he's, he's hanging out with somebody who thinks that zoot suits are still in. Uh, here's what we've heard. General Zod won't be up and pontificating in Batman v Superman, but that doesn't mean no Michael Shannon. The villain seems to be key to the DC Cinematic Universe going forward. His corpse is stolen or perhaps just acquired given his military contacts in most versions of the modern mythology by Lex Luthor and experimented on, presumably in hopes of finding a weakness... I see where this is going. Hmm. A weakness to exploit against Superman. In the course of his experimenting, we've been told that he triggers the doomsday genome. Genome. Causing the corpse to reanimate as the mindless killing machine at the center of the death of Superman. That's about it. So, Scott, uh, thoughts? Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Here's my thoughts. That are they're they're more originating from my spinal my brain stem. You know where all your primal thoughts are at. The anger and the hate and all that stuff. Are you I going guess into like, your reptilian brain here? Is this... I'm going into my reptilian brain and I want to just lash out. Yeah. This is the fight. Uh, Not flight, this is fight, Scott. Fight mode. It's really not that bad of an idea. Keying on one thing. If Michael, Sh- Michael Shannon's corpse pops up off the ground and starts fighting and he gets a couple of spikes, all the thing I can envision is Dracula from, Bl- from Blade Trinity. Right there. There's what your design's going to be. And that was shit. So from a design perspective, I don't have any faith whatsoever in Hollywood to not try and create something that looks kind of like the Dracula thing but with Michael Shannon's face. Forget that crap. Give me a fully CGI, pretty much comic accurate... Um, Doomsday. Uh, if it springs from General Zod's DNA, that's not really whatever. I can live with that. I don't know. Maybe have him be inside the wreckage of the freaking spaceship that wrecked on Earth. I don't know. Or the Phantom Zone gets opened up. 
or do like the original story. He's been here all along. Um, all that works. Uh, it's clear. It's pretty clear that you know the Kryptonians knew about Earth. Okay, that's why it's why Jarrell selected Earth. But you know, oh God, I can just see how terrible this can be, and that's because I don't have any faith in Hollywood. And it really, really, really sounds like a terrible idea because I just I could just imagine Michael Shannon's corpse up walking around, smash, whatever. Just 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 go with the original story. This is one of those villains that there there doesn't need to be a Hollywood take on it. It's you don't have to change it. It it looks amazing in the book. There's nothing wrong with that character design. Please stick with that, and we can go somewhere with it. Um, but is it going to be too much for Batman versus Superman? I don't know what they got going on. I just hope they don't run into the whole um, Spider-Man problem of too many villains, too many bad guys, and the characters. So I don't have a lot of faith in it. It sounds it sounds like a, a pretty bad idea on, on paper, but I can see where it can work too. So I'm like 90% against <laughs> instead of my typical 100. It, it seems like they're taking the bad bad, bad idea they have for Doomsday on Smallville and saying, it worked on Smallville, it'll work here. Does that seem pretty much what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, and that was that was nothing but a tease. Doomsday was a waste of a waste of time on Smallville. Um, yeah, they're just, they, they probably don't know what they're doing. Let's just hope that, uh, let's hope that Ben Affleck can save the project. Speaking of not knowing what they're doing, the Fantastic Four trailer, or teaser really, was released. Scott, did you get a chance? I guess you did get a chance to check it out because you put notes on it. Go for it, brother. Yeah. Um, it actually, the trailer didn't look bad. I was like, yeah, it don't look bad at all. You know, the thing that's bothering me is there's just a complete lack of dialogue for the most part. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, People looking seriously uh, off screen. There's a lot of Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg shots of just staring off into the distances and thinking and being concerned. Yeah, it just it basically cut from character to character doing the same thing, you know. And then there's a little bit of Michael Bay in it with the the whole standing up from working on something and you know posing out. I don't know. That stuff doesn't bother me too much. Um, special effects wise, what I got to see looked okay. Um, I, but I just I just can't wrap my head around Doom being a freaking blogger, so whatever. Um, yeah, it's... I I'm not in the pit of despair about Fantastic Four that I was. I'll say that my prospects improved from the ninth circle of hell to the eighth. So <laughs> well, I don't know. Sue Storm looked pretty good, but that's that's all I can say about this movie. Andy Circus special effects don't make movies. No, they don't. That's what people. That's why they're in trailers. Andy Serkis confirms he is Ulysses Claw in Age of Ultron, so there we go. That's really all we need to talk about that. Yeah. Ghostbusters cast. Scott, um, if you're starting a franchise, this is not actually what I wanted to look at, Bad Link, but uh, all the people in the tra- they're in their 30s or 40s. I think two of them are 40s. One's 41, the other one's 44. This is a little old to be starting a franchise with people. And I'm not saying that you can't be in your 40s, or it's because they're women, so that's why you're saying that. No, they're they're you're in your fucking 40s. Damn, I try not to say fuck in the show. But they're in their 40s. God, you're trying to build a franchise. You need to start young. Oh, 
Well, I guess Iron Man was in, what, 40... Tony Stark, how old was Robert Downey Jr.? 42? When he did Iron Man? Yeah, he was in his 40s. Um... I just, I get, I don't, oh, God. Yes, Tony, Robert Downey Jr. also had a um, career-defining performance. <laughs> and a, as Tony Stark in Iron Man 1, he had a, uh, a second-tier but popular known character. Um, he came out in the middle of the comic book craze, and they made a really, really strong movie. Um, if Ghostbusters has a really good script and hits the right comedic notes, and doesn't spend too much time trying to make homages and repeat dialogue from the original movies, then whatever, man. You know, so don't, don't be like Terminator? franchise off Ghostbusters with these four people, I hate to say that. Um, because, and I'm one of the ones that says, you know, why do we always have to hire these 20-somethings, these 19, 20-year-olds, when there's people, you know, to play these characters? One wouldn't have hurt in this case. One would not have hurt. But I hope that they are just shooting for the best product that they can make regardless of who's cast. And I'm going to pretend that's what it was. And uh, hope that they had some casting and they considered their choices and they have good writers. And hopefully it turns out well. So I'm interested in an all-female cast. I mean, there's, and there's not much in the way of eye candy for me, but Whatever, they're 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 not repulsive either, um, but that's not what's important. What's important is good script, good actors, and uh, good direction. So hopefully we get those three things. On to television news. Uh, what do you think about another run of not Smallville, uh, the X Files, like a twelve issue series? Just real quick, get in there. 12 episodes on issues. Comic books. I've been reading a lot. I'm sorry. What do you think, Scott? Uh, what was the guy that made X-Files name? Um, um, Chris Carpenter or something like Chris that? Chris Carpenter, yeah. Yeah, close enough. Um, I hope he's involved. Uh, Chris Carter? Huh? Carter? Chris Carter? Chris Carter. Is that it? It yes. doesn't matter. Yes. What matters, again, good acting, directing, and writing. Um... <laughs> 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 I hope he's involved in the project because I loved X Files. I mean, it was a big hit, and I've seen pretty much every episode like at least twice. So I hope that uh, I, I hope they have a good run. I'm definitely excited to see it. And if it sucks, oh well, it's not gonna ruin my childhood or anything. So oh well, 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 Star Wars, Mass Star. Phantom Menace already did that. That's why mm -hmm. X Files can't. <laughs> uh, that ruined your teen years. Yeah, you can't really ruin much of that. I'm kidding. He didn't ruin my childhood. I like Phantom Menace, like you know, five out of ten, mediocre. But yeah, yeah. watch X Files when it comes out. That's for sure. Would you prefer it to be like a twelve episodes or like maybe a, a condensed like mini movie, like four hours, like two hours this week, two hours next week? I think I'd rather have twelve episodes. I think it gives them time to have a, a couple storylines, hopefully. That all goes into the typical big end of the season finale. Build it up, make it last. Because so, X-File movies as a whole have just been meh. TV series, awesome movies are just okay. I don't even remember how it ended. Was the 
the last movie was that they were trying to catch a killer in the snow or some bullshit like that. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was something like that. I watched it one time. It was pretty forgettable. So, and I was a big X-Files fan, but I just couldn't wasn't interested. Well, uh, that's pretty much all we have. Is that it? That's it. Sweet. Thank God. <laughs> it's a oh, quick wait a minute. Show. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. TV. I've oh. been uh, catching up on Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think I'd rather stab myself with rusty nails. Um, I don't. I don't think the writing's bad. The direction is. It's. It's nothing but thirty minutes or forty-three minutes of quick cuts, and uh, overwrought action sequences and terrible uh, fight choreography mixed with one likable actor and a bunch of freaking crappy dialogue and unlikable characters. Just saying, as a, I liked Ratbag the Orc more and would hope he would survive in a plane wreck if he was with the rest of these people. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I do not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far. The first episode was kind of intriguing, but I was like, okay, it's a pilot. Episode 2 and 3, I mean, it's just like, uh. Um, what's her name? Mia... Ming-Nan? Ming... Yeah, I can't pronounce it. She just, she just has a smoldering look. That's it. Smoldering. That's all she does is smolder. She you're, should start smoking any minute now. you keep watching the show, you'll find out why. Yeah, I know, but, you know... The whole, it's, it's a slow burn. It's, it's not like a quick... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why she's smoldering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she's not well, the boiling point. Yes. Slow burn. Smolder. Yeah. I'm a smoldering look, because I'm just a badass. So I'm going to smolder about how badass I am for three episodes. Hopefully that changes. And they did kind of hint that a little bit the last episode because she's kind of said she wanted to get more action and um, they hinted a little bit at her past. So hopefully that opens up. But it just that just might be part of the growing pains of the show maturing and the characters maturing in the right with the writers. So I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna watch every episode, no doubt about it. Uh, but how this first season ends depends on whether or not I'll continue with the next season. But did so you, far, I'm completely unimpressed. Do you watch? any of Gotham? I don't remember if you caught up on that or not. I haven't started it yet. I'm going to knock S.H.I.E.L.D. out, and then, then I'll go to Gotham after S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh, you're about 20... almost 30 episodes behind now on S.H.I.E.L.D.? Might yeah, be. well, I'm just going to do season, season one of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Well, we're on season two now. Yeah, I'm just going to watch season one before I move on to my next show. Yeah. And then if season one's any good, I'll come back at a later date. But I'll definitely I'm gonna move on to Gotham after, after uh, Shield. Yeah. Gotham is is a better show, but they have the unfortunate situation of where they a producer found out that one of the characters is lesbian, and so they decided to just completely screw up all canon just for that fact, so they can get some scenes in there which have absolutely no reason being in there. So. That's uh, so. That's Fox. Barbara Gordon's straight. Barbara Wait is. Wait a Barbara Gordon's a t is like a little kid. No, Barbara Gordon. There's two Barbaras. His wife still, is named Barbara, like and then he had a daughter named Barbara Gordon. He named his yeah. daughter after his wife, Barbara. Okay. But Renee Montoya is lesbian. But they decided, hey, let's go ahead and have um. Renee hook up with 
Barbara and cheat on Jim and say that they had a past together. Oh, spoilers. That way we can just have those scenes in the, in the show because that's going to get us ratings. And it's not. It's, it's stupid. It's insulting to the character to do that. Now, the yeah. fact that Montoya is gay, if you don't portray her as gay on the show, that's a disservice to the character. But having her hook up with someone who was great to Jim, and the fact was Jim cheated on her, showing that this savior of Gotham has this... He's a failed man. That was important, but now it's just, well, no, he has a reason to cheat on her because, number one, she's a bitch, and, and two, she's a cheating whore. Slut. She, did, she didn't give it away for free. She's a, I mean, pay for it. She's a slut. So... Other than that, I'm happy with Gotham. It's just that section. If you could get an edit of... What was the edit they did of um, Phantom Menace without Jar Jar? That's what you need to do with Gotham. Just take out Barbara completely out of the show, and it'll be good. That's that's the biggest complaint I have. So Montoya's straight. No, she's gay. Okay, so Barbara Gordon is bi. In the comics, canonly, she is straight, but they decided to change it for the show. But that way, they could have some sex scenes. So they could have some lesbian sex scenes. Yeah. So That's what you're this. saying, Gotham has lesbian sex scenes, and you're complaining. <laughs> yes, because it's it's, it's a disservice to the actual character. You, <laughs> well, um, it's a disservice to the character. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. So, yeah, that's I think that's stupid. Um. Anything to do with gay or not gay? I'm pro gay, whatever. But yeah, go gay. Yeah, but uh, you're gay. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Why? Why? It's it's more of this meddling with established characters. Crap. I mean, it, uh, it, they did exactly them the reason I told you. I mean, yeah, that, that's why. I mean, you didn't need that in there. There was no reason to do that. No, no, it's stupid. It's go stupid. Back. And it's like John Kent thinking that it's okay. It might be okay to let a bus full of kids die to protect your yeah. secret. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's just it's just dumb. That's that's a disservice to the character. So go back, read Batman Year One, and see why Jim cheats on Barbara. It's not because yeah. Barbara is a lesbian or or cheating or bi. It's because Jim's a failed man. He's a broken yep. man. And See, it, it's called character fall, people. That's something yeah, that you need to understand. Yeah, that's much deeper than, hey, I'm a producer. Let's have some hot lesbian sex on our TV show. Because that'll get a bunch of people to watch. Yeah. By the way, Gotham's been renewed for season two. So. so. I know I know a way to get people to watch your talent show. Good writing, directing, and acting. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it might Who would've help. Thought? Who would have thought? So... I mean, there's a reason why these comic books sold for 50, 75 years for, in Batman's case, and it's not because of lesbians. Just, no, absolutely. Yeah. From the 80s on, Batman's been pretty good. So, Well, Scott, is there anything else that we're mad about? We might as well get off our chest. Uh, <laughs> unless you want to get into politics. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, I mean, we can go on about Snowden and the NSA and uh, gun rights and everything else if you want, or we can just have a good day and end the show. 
Yeah, we're going to end the show, and it's today's Super Bowl Sunday. We're not talking about the Super Bowl, because, hey, fuck it. This is about the Super Bowl and the cheating-ass Patriots. Like, like a quarterback would not know the ball was soft. I, I tried, people. I tried so hard to keep this towards our little genre, and then Scott wants to go talk about sports. Give me, give me two minutes. Two minutes. I played, I played football in high school. Does that make me an expert? Have I had a millionth of the accomplishments that Tom Brady has? No. But I know one thing that I know just as well as Tom Brady about football. When the temperature's freezing, I know when you squeeze the football, it doesn't budge much. It's like a brick. And I know when it's underinflated, it squeezes a little bit, which does what? It lets the quarterback throw the ball, grip it better, and it lets the receivers catch it. Everybody that handled that ball, from the center to the quarterback to the receivers – the guys on the field, everybody that touched that football knew it was underinflated. Plain and simple. So, end of story. I'm done. That's Scott. I'm Paul. And Joe Montana's the greatest quarterback of all time. Good night. Damn straight.